This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I want you to picture for a minute what, you know, what the world would be like if all of a sudden a global medication supply chain of antibiotics just stopped, disappeared, even for a while. How many of us would not make it? Antibiotics are so important. And right now, um, if there is a supply chain hit again with China or India, you can bet they're going to take care of their own needs first. And what do we have? There's already a shortage of some antibiotics right now. That's why the Jace case is so important from Jace Medical. It's a way for you to keep yourself prepared for the worst. And it is, you know, in case there's a shortage or you know, supply chain or whatever, but it could also just be for vacation. When you're traveling, you have the five antibiotics that can treat all kinds of different um, uh, different things, and it just tide you over, take care of it until you get home with your doctor. Jace Medical, J-A-S-E medical.com, Jace medical.com. Enter the promo code back at checkout for a discount on your order. Promo code back at J-A-S-E medical.com. the uh, Glenn Beck program. I'm sorry, I'm just looking at three little bubbles on my screen um, going back and forth with Senator Mike Lee right now uh, because he said something really frightening yesterday. It was a Twitter response where he was talking about this new report that is out now that we apparently blew up Nord Stream. I, I have real questions and real doubts on this, but I also have real doubts on us. I don't know. And he tweeted last night, um, if true, slander. No, sorry. If false, slander. If true, war. And he's absolutely right. If you haven't heard that story, I'm just seeing here. Uh, He's in a hearing right now. He's got to speak. It's hard to predict when he can come on. Um, But he will call in because I want to get his look at this. He said he's talked to several people about this and he's not sure and it's disturbing to him that he's not sure whether we did an act of war or not i'm gonna fill you in on all of this in 60 seconds now i don't know about you but i got a 
couple of vehicles that I plan to drive until, you know, the doors fall off, maybe literally fall off. The upshot of this is that from time to time they have to be repaired. And that's why I have Car Shield because the repairs can be very costly. You know, the modern car now has 3,000 computer chips. Oh, yeah. Let's get into a chip war because that'll go graver, all of us. Whether your car has 5,000 or 150,000 miles on it, CarShield offers affordable plans to fit every budget. And you, you're going to want to have that when something goes wrong with a car. They saved me a ton of money on my trucks, and they can do the same for you. Call CarShield now. Save up to 20% on your plan. You'll always be prepared for the unexpected. Call 800-227-6100. 800-227-6100. Save 20% now at carshield.com slash Beck. That's carshield.com slash Beck. All right, I want to bring in, uh, I want to bring in uh, Jason Batrill, who is uh, with me uh, and is going to explain exactly what is going on with this one report from one source. So I say that uh, clearly at the beginning. There's problems with this reporting because it is one source, and I wouldn't take that from the New York Times as gospel. Uh, so let's remember one source, but it's pretty damning. It has a ton of facts. Tell me the story, Jason, on what happened and where this report's coming from. I struggle to even really describe how to even tell the story because it's it sounds like are you familiar with the term fan fiction? Yes. It's like that's what it's like off the internet. Like, what would really happen if Anakin Skywalker didn't become Darth Vader? <laughs> right. This is the story. Right. That's what it sounds like. Right. But I mean, Mike Lee is exactly right. If this is true, this is an act of war. And what they're alleging is that the CIA, the Biden administration, came up with the plan to eliminate the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, to blow it up. And we all remember, I, mean, I think I even came on this program and said, I think you asked me, was like, do you think this was us? And I'd be yeah. like, and then I was like, well, no. We would never risk something like a direct attack on a Russian asset. Right. Never but risk it. Here's the thing. I think it was Germany or Sweden. Somebody just released a report that showed Russia didn't do it. Yeah. And how many countries have the ability to do something like this? This was not an easy uh, hit. Not an easy hit and not even an easy hit for, for Americans. I mean, it would take a long time. I mean, it would take very specific assets like, you know, SEAL Team 6 or something like that. Correct. But the article goes into that. They couldn't use a SEAL Team 6 or anyone in JSOCs, Joint Special Operation Command, because they'd have to go through Congress. Now, this is a big part of the story, if true. They use uh, some obscure Navy divers that are not part of JSOC. So then the CIA could use them in a joint intelligence operation, not a military operation, mm. an intelligence operation. That would allow them to keep this quiet from Congress. Now think about that. Like Mike Lee said, this would be an act of war if we did it and they found out, but we didn't inform Congress about it, if true. So there is multiple layers to this, even right off the bat. Who is this written by? This is written by a guy named uh, Seymour Hirsch. Uh, he wrote for the, I think, New York Times. He was a guy who got the um, the um, Pulitzer for exposing the Miley. Yep, Vietnam. Right? Vietnam. Mm -hmm. So, and he has done many, you know, exposés, but they generally kind of lean against America, do they not? 
Yeah, the, there was the one in, uh, well, just the, I guess the bigger one would be Osama bin Laden questioning, you know, how all of that went down. He even actually questioned Osama bin Laden's culpability in 9-11. So it almost, okay. this is what you kind of see with journalists nowadays, especially, you know, the, we saw this in the Russiagate stuff. It's almost like they got on this Woodward and Bernstein high yeah. and they all yeah, want to yeah. top each other off of it. So like, where do you go after topping something like, you know, Woodward and Bernstein? They're like getting more and more fantastical and always trying to one up well but not necessarily i mean this this story is why you need true a credible press why you need journalistic standards and not activists yeah. because we are dealing with a story now that if it is true the american people wouldn't have gone for this but it's the american people if true that will pay the price. It will be our sons and daughters fighting a war with Russia and probably half of the world because of something our out-of-control deep state did. Yeah. And we wouldn't have been for it. Now, how do we prove it? Who do you believe? Do you believe the investigators with Congress? Do you believe the investigators from the New York Times? Who do you believe? There's one source on this, which I'd love to have, because you were former military intel. So I would love to have your thought on this. Something this large, because the story is pages and pages and pages, and has great detail in it. Yeah. Um, it It's all coming from one source. What are the odds that something this secret, this complex had more than a few, maybe five, maybe five key holders that could unlock all of the information. So let me just, from my intel perspective, and I'm, uh, my real-world experience is Afghanistan. I was one of the first ground troops conventional into Afghanistan after 9-11. So I was part of the planning phase, just on my small level, my, mm -hmm. my unit. I didn't know that certain things were going on in northern Afghanistan. Knew a lot of stuff in the south. When we got on the ground, I didn't even know that there was um, special forces in certain areas that had been there for a while. Um, that was not my need to know. I didn't even know that. Correct. Uh, and that was right before a war. So mm -hmm. just that perspective. There's no way in my mind that a mid or lower level, I'll say that carefully, person would have operational knowledge in that detail. You would need cabinet level uh, or director level access. Now, it's interesting because the way you're phrasing this and you're being very, very accurate uh, on things, a cabinet level or director level might have this information. Why would you bring up director level information on something this sensitive? And I mean, director level, this was done by the CIA. Okay. So, at least in this report done by the CIA. So it would mean what? Like the director of the CIA. Why would he rat himself out? I mean, that's a really good question. Unless he was doing his duty and did not believe in what they were doing. Uh, Is there any example of a director level spilling their guts on something like this? Deep throat. Hmm? <laughs> deep what <was> throat. <laughs> oh, that's right. That was the. Director of the FBI, right? Which we found out years. Was it decades? 
Oh, later? decades. Yeah, yeah, decades later. Decades later. But then we were always like, there's no way. Like, how is, how is he getting all this information? It's like, how the heck? That was a big part of it. Who is your source? Never would have believed in my wildest dreams that it was a direct, the director of the FBI. Never. And that's like, like this. Like, will we, decades later, say, how the heck did this guy get his information? We find out it was the director of the CIA. If it's true. If it's true. Now, how, where do you go from here? Where, where do we go from here? Because no Western ally is going to verify this. No. No Western. I mean, even if it is true and they hate the fact that it's true, they know if we say, oh, you know what? I think it was the United States. This is an act of war. Yeah. And Russia has the, the righteous stance in the world. To take us down or mm-hmm. attempt to take us down, take us to war. Yep. That is an act of war. So what 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 does this mean? How do we ever find out anything? Russia has actually responded and they've said that because of these new air quote facts uh, that the White House needs to respond to this or to answer. Of course, the White House, the State Department and the CIA have all been asked and they've all categorically denied it. But. The article was so specific to answer your question in certain ways that, you know, uh, in time and the time frames that they pulled this off. For instance, the article goes into there was a, a big naval exercise that they used as cover to send in these divers. Um, and that exercise did happen. That exercise did happen. He even puts a link into their specific excuse about having using divers to uh, um, show off the capabilities of their mind clearing uh, capabilities. Um, but it's, it's, I mean, you know, <laughs> even Satan uses some truth and then mixes it with, with falsehood. Right. So, I mean, you know, that doesn't prove anything. Right. Right. But, um, so there's that, which maybe they can, I don't know, use some kind of, maybe they were surveilling the areas. Maybe they could look at something. I don't know. But then they also goes in very specifically the type of mind they use to get around the Russian detection, uh, capabilities. They go into that. Then they go into, and this is this kind of seemed weird, about how they were going to detonate like 72 hours or 48 hours after this exercise. Correct. And then all of a sudden they had this after afterthought of, oh, maybe that seems kind of suspicious. Maybe we shouldn't just have it on a time detonation a couple of days after the exercise. That doesn't. That doesn't jive with no, me. No, that doesn't. So then they were like, oh, let's send in this like buoy that like has this high tech ping that can, you know, we'll drop it from a plane and it'll set off these uh, charges. That also seems odd to me. That also seems something that the Russians might be able to verify. So, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised right now if there are Russian surveillance planes flying over the area, gathering intel, possibly, you know, attempting to go and look, take a second look. I, don't, I definitely don't think we've heard the last of this. So I'm sure they're going to try and verify it if they can. But they're Russians, really. So even if they don't, they're probably just going to say, yeah, they did it anyway. Right. I mean, I would. I would, too. I would. And quite honestly, I'm not sure we didn't do it. I'm not either. Yeah. Which is wild. I would, never would have thought of this. You know, it, 20 years ago, I would have said absolutely right. not. No way. No way. Um, but if you hit me today, if 9-11 happened and we heard, you know, Bush and Clinton and we had exactly what happened with Sandy Berger um, at the National Archives, where he's smuggling documents out about Bush and Clinton um, and anything related to uh, Osama bin Laden prior to the bombing, 
I, w- I, I, I would deeply question our government. We, we have come a long way on finding out how bad our government can be and has been in the past. The problem with this is, is you are going to pay the price. If this happened or if Russia decides to go with it, you, your son, your daughter, you're going to pay the price. And that's what's so infuriating. Because if it is true, the American people should demand that these people, whoever was involved, whoever had this decision, uh, is in prison and punished. And you know what? I would be fine. I don't care who it is. I don't. Let me just say this. And it wasn't. It could, couldn't have been because he wasn't in office. But to show you how passionate, even if it was the former president, go ahead. Send him over to Russia. Let him let him face a trial over in Russia. I'm sorry, but you do something like this and you don't inform Congress. I mean, this is this is the tweet from Mike Lee last night. I'm troubled that I can't immediately rule this suggestion that the U.S. blew up the Nord Stream out. He can't rule it out. I checked with a bunch of Senate colleagues. Among those I've asked, none were ever briefed on this. If it turns out to be true, we've got a huge problem. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Now, let me give you a couple of other other things and see if... um, See if it feels as though some sort of play is going on. I'll explain in a minute. First, I want you to consider switching your phone service to Patriot Mobile right now, today. I mean, it's quite a plunge leaving behind a big mobile company that gives you a mediocre service and, you know, a premium price. I mean, I know, I know. The truth is... It's hard because it's just a hassle. It's a hassle. But Patriot Mobile is making that hassle go away. They they have a U.S.-based customer service team. So, yeah, they speak English, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, they can understand you. They make it switching easy. Now, you're going to pay less. You're going to have the same great uh, coverage. You're going to have better service. Did I say you're going to pay less? Oh, and they're not going to be working against everything you hold dear. Patriot Mobile, a country, a company that shares your values and is getting the job done. 100% U.S.-based customer service team is waiting for your call right now at 878-PATRIOT. 878-PATRIOT. Switch now uh, at patriotmobile.com slash Beck. Get free activation with the offer code Beck. Call them. 800, sorry, 878-PATRIOT. 878-PATRIOT. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay, so there's a couple of a couple of other things, but we have now officially denied that we blew up the Nord Stream pipelines. However, there are very few countries that could have done it. Okay, very few. Um, and and it's as Jason said, it's it's iffy for even us to do. So it's uh, you know kind of a moon launch kind of thing. Now, this just. Uh, this has just come out. Let me see the date on this uh, from CNN. Um, and it says there are strong indications that Russian President Vladimir Putin 
personally approved the decision to provide separatists in Ukraine with the missile that shot down the Malaysian Airlines flight MH17. This, according to Dutch investigators, they said this yesterday, citing intercepted telephone conversations by Russian government officials. The Public Prosecution Service joint investigative team said there was strong indicators that Russia and the president made the decision about the provision uh, to give these weapons to the separatists of the Republic uh, of Donetsk. So what is this? So a story is released about us and an act of war. And the next day, CNN is reporting that, oh, by the way, did you see Putin? He authorized the shooting down of a civilian airliner. But we we knew this story, didn't we? Didn't we know this story a while back? Or is this the first time we're hearing this, Jason? They Well, so the investigators looking into it have always said, well, ever since they found out that the, the missiles came directly, the, the anti-aircraft missile that shot down the plane came from Russia. There was always a question of Putin culpability, like direct mm. culpability. Right. Um, they were that was always just kind of left out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a. It was a. What were they calling uh, the the press here is calling uh, the uh, the Nord Stream pipeline explosion a mystery. Yeah. So the shooting down of this, and we knew the missile came from Russia, but it was a mystery. On who did it? Yeah, directly. Yeah. Like, was it some random, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, army general or something yeah. like that? Was it rogue? Exactly. Yeah. It could be. You know, they, yeah. they just kind of left it out there. That yeah. that was the mystery. Because you can't go off and just claim that, you know, the leader of a country is a war criminal. Can't yeah. really do that. Unless you yeah. need some leverage, right? right? Unless you need some leverage. Yeah, because that's, I mean, wouldn't that really be kind of an act? It's not directly an act of war, but kind of a, you know, you're shooting down a civilian airliner. Right. And if the government, the head of the government, boy, that makes you a guy that just has to be removed. And everybody would agree with that. Yeah. And if you're and if you're looking at a country that's blowing up the red phone in the Oval Office saying, can you respond to this? Uh, it's a pretty good thing to say, well, you know, we have strong indications that you might be directly involved in the downing of MH17. Don't worry. We're not going to say you did. We just have strong indications. Yeah, we'd like you to answer <laughs> those charges. Yeah. Okay, so this is, this is the nuclear war of worlds. They are uh, words. They have missiles pointed at Joe Biden and this administration, and now we have missiles pointed pointed right at Vladimir Putin. But if I may, there's a third story that came out. Uh, I don't like the way this play is ending at the half. What is in the second act? Let me tell you another story that just came out. Gee, it seems like we're watching a war story, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Coming up in just a second. The Glenn Beck Program. Oh, man. If you have a nice spot uh, picked out in the broom closet or, uh, you know, you've, you're traveling into work with a six-pack of uh, weapons-grade energy drinks, you know that you have that meeting coming up and you're so tired and you just cannot fall asleep in it. If you're tired of being tired, tired all the time, you're in luck. 
I'd like you to try Relief Factor Sleep. It's amazing. Just like the regular Relief Factor that you take for pain, Relief Factor Sleep is 100% drug-free. It's a blend of natural ingredients. I'm trying to do everything I can to uh, go natural and because all of these drugs that we take, I mean, let's just take sleep. The, the basic thing on sleep uh, medication is that you're drowsy in the morning. Okay? This is natural, so you don't feel it. Um, it doesn't all of a sudden feel like, I can't operate. And you feel great the next morning. So unleash the power of a great sleep by calling 800 the number 4 relief that's 800 the number 4 relief it's relief sleep relieffactor.com dream big sleep tight relieffactor.com hey don't forget last night we had a huge special on uh, ai you don't want to miss blazetv.com There is a, uh, a story out from um, a well-known journalist, Seymour Hirsch. Uh, I, I, I cannot verify the credibility of this. It is based on one source. Uh, however, it is in reading it, it, it generally reads like it's true, but it also reads like a movie. It doesn't. It, the the only thing they have is a bunch of facts, a bunch of facts, but you're not going to be able to verify these facts. And it would take somebody way, way high um, in either the intel community, um, military community, or the um, uh, administration that would have had to leak these. One person leak all of these um, stories uh, from to Seymour uh, Hearst. He's been right sometimes. He's been wrong sometimes. So we don't know. But it's an important question to find out. Did America blow up the Nord Stream pipeline? Now, there's a couple of things that go to um, suspicion. One, if you remember when President Biden said, you know what, Uh, we're going to close this down. Well, you can't. I mean, that's German in Russia. You, how are you going to do it? Believe me, we can do it. Uh, so that one felt at the time like a threat that we would destroy that pipeline. That's an act of war. So when it happened, because there's very few countries that could do it, and Russia wouldn't be incentivized to do it, why would we do it? Well, if you are in a country and in a world where the elites want destabilization and want war and on top of it, want to stop oil for this global warming cult and they want to uh, make sure that the world is cut off from oil, that's pretty compelling if you're a zealot about it. I mean, you're acting, you're, you're committing an act of war to be able to pull this off, but you believe the world, the most pressing issue is global warming. So I could make a, this is what's frightening. I could make a case either way, and I have no idea what's true. And that's the end of a republic. 
Now, this could very well be misinformation or disinformation from the Russians. We don't know. But if the press starts calling this out of hand disinformation, are you going to believe that? It might even make the case for the article stronger. Because a lot of Americans go, oh, really? Was it another Russian bot? Was it? Because I remember that being exposed just recently. Oh, is it disinformation like there was on Facebook? Or or it was it a Russian operative like it was during the 2016 election? Nobody's going to believe that. This is why the press must be neutral and call balls and strikes. We have to have people we can trust, but we don't. So what, what happens? This is the kind of story that could unravel the entire country without a war. Because people will start to pit themselves against the country because, look, I don't know. I can't defend it. How do, how do I defend America? I can't stand up and say this isn't true, but I can't stand up and say it is true. So everybody becomes neutral on our country at best. Really not good. Now, we just told you that within hours of this story being released, there was another story that was released where we are pointing the finger now at Vladimir Putin, saying he's the one who gave the weapons to the separatists that shot down Malaysia Airlines MH17. Well, is that true? When did we know that? And why did it come out just a couple of hours after? There's a story from Seymour Hirsch. Is this nothing but disinformation on both sides? Is this, is this all just propaganda? On both sides, are we just pawns that will be the ones that actually fight a war? I would love to tell you no. I would even love to tell you, I mean, not love. I'd like to be able to tell you yes, but I don't know. Now listen to this one. The costly not pet you cyber attack. If you remember, this cyber attack happened in 2017. And we have blamed it on Russia. It was a a cyber attack. It was at the time described as a cyber nuclear attack. Okay. And we blamed it on Russia. It looks like Russia did do it. And it shut down corporations and all kinds of things in Ukraine and all over the world. Okay. It was massive, massive. Well, there's all kinds of litigation going on about it now. Because, for instance, Merck, the pharmaceutical company, um, had uh, they had lost one point four billion dollars after this affected their entire computer system. So all this collateral damage from this one point four billion dollars. Well, they went to the insurance companies and said, you got to help us, you know, reclaim the one point four billion dollars. And all these companies are doing the same. And. um the insurance company for Merck said, no, this is an act of war. And they said, well, wait, wait a minute. No, it's not an act of war. The United States didn't officially say that it was Russia. 
and that it was a state-sponsored attack, so it's not a war. Well, it's an act of war. We're not paying for it. So is it an act of war? Is it not an act of war? Should insurance companies pay for this? Did they pay for the damages, which was absolutely an act of war from Osama bin Laden? Didn't they pay the insurance for all of the things that happened on 9-11? This is, again, big company, big insurers, big banks playing a game, and I don't know what the game is. I don't know. It, I know it's not in the best interest of its citizens. Look, if I'm insured, I got hit by a cyber attack. I don't care who did it. The, gov- the government isn't declaring war. So, no, it might be an act of war if it was Vladimir Putin and the state doing it. But there's no proof of that that has been presented. And we're not at war. Why aren't you paying? Well, because. This changes everything, absolutely everything. And if the court does say it's an act of war, what does that do? Are we then now suspending everything that might happen with Russia because it's an act of war? What does that mean? Ask ChatGPT because... ChatGPT will probably have an answer for you. What is the answer? The answer is credibility. And that is unfortunately earned. And who is earning any kind of credibility that can answer these things? Where is the leader that will stand up and say, look, I don't want a kangaroo court on either side. I don't want to hear the... Uh, Republicans only version or the Democratic only version. In fact, I don't want to hear either political party's side. I'd like to see the evidence of the truth and let the chips fall where they may. Just I want the truth. That's a reckoning. Right now, we are living in a world where And you can say it's a conspiracy theory, but it's not. It's conspiracy fact. There are those on a global scale that are verifiably wef.org. You look at World Economic Forum. Those people are openly conspiring to change the functions of government and business and even capitalism at its very root. They are looking to change the family relationship, the dynamics of humans at every level, and they're doing it openly. The last time I remember seeing this happen in the West was World War I, where you had the Fabian Socialists and a group of elites all over Europe saying, we can, if we blow it up, we can completely redesign it. Because now we're in the We're in the future. We're with science now. We don't need all these feudal lords. Let's blow it up and then rebuild it. And it's going to cost some lives. But, I mean, how bad could it be? There were a lot of people that were caught up in that. And that's history. You can look 
all of that up. That's history. That war just didn't happen. That war, people were itching for that war. So they, they picked its scabs. They ratcheted things up. And we got into a global war. And when that didn't solve problems, it led to World War II. We're going through the same kind of thing now where we have elites telling us one thing because they have one desire and the people of the world have another desire. And that is just leave us alone. Leave us out of your little power games. We don't want anything to do with it. But who's willing to say that? And who's willing to back that up with any kind of credibility? The only resource that will in the end be worth more than gold is credibility. Do you say what you believe? Do your actions match those words? Have you built up anything in your credibility bank for those people around you so they know your word is your bond? That is probably the most important thing we can do as individuals and family. We used to think, it's our family name. That's our family name. Does anybody say that anymore? I know we do in our family. What you do does not just affect you. It affects our family's name. Unfortunately, in the case with the Nord Stream Pipeline, what maybe, maybe, elites here in America, in the intelligence community, and in the White House, maybe what they did, they did on their own, but it affects our entire American family name. And we will all pay the price for it. You've been paying attention to the news. You know there are a lot of people in the country really struggling to provide even just the basics right now. We have inflation. Uh, we're in, they say we're not in a recession. Uh-huh. Oh, no, its economy's going like hell. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's, it's going not like hell, to hell. But anyway, how are your financing uh, your finance is going right now. You're sitting at that kitchen table and you're paying all of the bills. Are you, are you a little concerned? Let me give you some light at the end of the tunnel in form of a cash out refi from American financing. It could take some cash out and help you pay off some of that debt so you can get out from underneath the knife. Now, here's the thing. The average that the American financing customer is saving right now is about $700 a month. 695 is the exact average. That's remarkable. How much would an extra $695 a month, what would that mean to you and your family? Now, you could end up being able to delay as many as two mortgage payments, which would be another blessing, and then close in as little as 10 days. So it's right now. The call is free. There's no obligation. Just pick up the phone and start your savings journey today. American Financing at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.
This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck Program. Hey, um, every day we issue um, my newsletter, my morning newsletter. And uh, a couple of months ago, I decided that I would release all of my raw show prep. And really, only maybe now 20% of it gets onto the air. And there are so many stories just today that we're not going to get to. And they're really important for you to know. If you want a news digest, something that will show you the things that I am watching and think that are important, you'll get about 60 stories every day. You get them in one newsletter. Just go to glenbeck.com. And if you do that today and sign up for the newsletter, you'll get access to the research from last night's Wednesday night special about artificial intelligence. AI is here and it will change our lives permanently in the near future and i'm not talking five to ten years i'm talking about the next several years okay uh, it's happening today have you tried bing this should blow you away have you tried bing lately i've tried bing i don't know how many times and i hate bing i used bing instead of google today because the chat gpt is now all installed uh it's a different site entirely. There's a competitor for Google, and it's Bing. Don't take my word for it. Just ask Jeeves. It's changing everything. Go to glenbeck.com right now. Sign up for our newsletter for this exclusive content. All of the things we talked about last night, all of the resources. Uh, we've also covered other AI topics on the site this week that will affect your life right now. You don't want to miss it. It's all happening at glenbeck.com. Go there now. Uh, let me tell you about uh, Rough Greens. Think for a minute about your dog's food. How healthy is it for him? You know the average dog, you know, back 30 years ago, they were fed table scraps. Now we look and go, table scraps, that's horrible. No, really, no. If you're feeding your dog kibble food, table scraps are a lot better for your dog. I mean, unless you're on, you know, a chocolate pudding diet, which sounds wonderful. Anyway, um, rough greens is not a food. It's something that you put on top of your dog's food. It has essential vitamins, nutrients, probiotics, antioxidants, the things that your dog absolutely needs and loves. And they get cooked out in the kibble food. My dog, Uno, loves rough greens. I've seen a remarkable difference in, uh, in Uno as he has gotten older. He is not slowing down. He is actually speeding up. It's amazing. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. That's roughgreens.com slash Beck. Or call 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN-33. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. An important and powerful hour coming up next as our AI, AI week continues.
What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. I have to tell you, the, uh, the opening book, uh, the opening line of the book, the Tale of Two Cities, is it was the worst of times, it was the best of times. And I can't think of a better way to describe the world today. I wouldn't want to live at any other time in history than right now. I mean, just air conditioning. My nose, my nose is grateful that I don't live in the 1800s. Can you imagine what it smelled like everywhere? I wouldn't want to be a part of any other time than this. It is the greatest um, opportunity for humans to be free and invent and see and learn and go places. It's also the worst of times. It we over the horizon we have the world's worst biggest nightmares creeping up to our door. Which is it going to end up being? The worst of times or the best of times? That's our conversation with one of the world's leading experts on machine learning and AI. What is coming? We'll talk to him in 60 seconds. Every day you spend far more time than, you know, maybe you realize doing things online. If you doubt it, try looking at your phone's weekly screen time. Might shock you just a bit. Every time you're online and not protected, you're you're playing with fire because cyber criminals are everywhere. And uh, all they want is your information and they can get pieces of your information on the dark web. And you know if you have identity theft it really will destroy everything all your good credibility everything that you've worked to gain now nobody can stop all identity theft but the best in the business is lifelock they monitor um, as many things as they possibly can nobody can monitor everything Um, and if there is a problem they're not only monitoring and guarding against it if something slips by them They have a restoration team that will work tirelessly to get your good name and reputation back. Save 25% off your first year with promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 25%. We want to welcome uh, our our guest from the University of Washington Computer Science. Uh, He is uh, a professor there and also the author of a book that came out a few years ago, The Master Algorithm. His name is Pedro Domingos. Pedro, how are you, sir? Great. How are you? I'm very good. Very good. Uh, you know, I was a little nervous when I heard University of Washington. I'm like, okay, well, I don't think he'll even come on, but I, <laughs> I welcome you here. Uh, we have had a, a heck of a time uh, trying to get people to talk about AI because uh, sometimes they're very, very left and they don't want to be on the program. And I'm like, well, this is a human issue. This is not something that the right should be educated, or the left should be educated on, the right shouldn't be. Um, and especially with what we are facing, do you agree that this is one of the greatest things and possibly one of the worst things? Oh, yes, I very much agree. And and also part of the problem is that the left is on top of it. I don't think the right has quite woken up yet, but it needs to. So 
you I've heard you describe this as uh, the greatest authoritarian tool ever invented. That's correct. So AI is potentially the greatest tool of totalitarianism that has ever been invented. AI is a very powerful technology. It can be used for good or bad. But in particular, if you're a dictator, AI is a dream come true. AI will do everything you want. It will surveil everybody 24 by 7. You will never get tired. It will never question you. It'll keep records. It will, you know, it's, it's, um, it's scary. It's total. Uh, and Yes. Uh, I mean, AI can do things that no dictator would, even in their dreams, think of uh, 50 years ago. Sure. And unfortunately, in a country like China, it's already happening. I mean, and, and you know, yeah. What's amazing is if you know history back in World War II, IBM with the punch cards, they were uh, Germans were doing their census with these punch cards, and it was the punch cards that uh, allowed the Germans to find the Jews. They could just sort everybody by their race, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and that greatly helped them. I think if you had technology in the hands of somebody like Hitler or Mao. You wouldn't have a Jew left on the planet today. Would you agree with that? It's 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 that uh, all seeing, well, all knowing, and in the wrong hands would could annihilate and carry out genocide, unlike anything we've ever seen. It is, but on the other hand, the Jews would be using the technology as well. In fact, if you look at what's happened in Hong Kong, for example. The protesters there actually got very savvy about using tech to counteract the Chinese tech. So I don't know who would win out in the end. I think, you know, I wouldn't give up the Jews just like that. But the point is, if they didn't use tech and the, and the, and the Nazis used tech, they would be toast. Okay, so there was so much to talk to you about because you're into machine learning, which um, um, if you can explain, break it down to a you know, a dummy like me, what machine learning is and why we should care about it. So AI is getting computers to do the things that only humans traditionally can do, like solving problems and reasoning and seeing and talking. Machine learning in particular is getting computers to learn the same way children and grown-ups do. So it's a very powerful thing. Is The computer, instead of having to be programmed, it can actually learn just by imitating people, by looking at data. It can learn to drive a car by uh, watching videos of people driving cars. It can learn to play chess by playing against itself and so on. But and, and machine learning is at the root of all these things that AI is doing today. And does it have a way to recognize, ow, don't touch the stove. Stove is hot. That, that, I mean, that's an well, that, important yeah. part of learning. Uh, in fact, this is a part of learning called reinforcement learning, and the term actually comes from psychology, which is uh, when you touch the stove and burn yourself, you learn to not do it again. And we have algorithms in machine learning to do essentially the same thing. Okay. So um, when you look at um, the, the principles of machine learning, and we have to understand that the algorithm we have an algorithm that we use and machines are developing this algorithm and it the tremendous side of of this is just making your life really really easy and even all the way down to helping you find the perfect spouse and i mean really perfect spouse right well machine learning can do 
a lot of different things for you. Uh, think of all the things that we learn to do if the computer can learn to do them for you. Not only can it make your life a lot easier by taking away a lot of the routine stuff, you can now do things to an extent and in an amount that you couldn't before. If you have a project that you pay a few people to work on, you could potentially have not just a few AIs working on it, but a million or a billion. So, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, machine learning, you can think of it, it's like an intelligence multiplier. You now have a thousand or a million times more intelligent at your disposal. But it's now, not course, you- But it's not just um, uh, intelligence. I mean, talk to me about the digital twin theory that on dating, for instance, um, you know, it, it will date your digital twin that knows you better than you know you will go out and, you know, basically go on digital dates with somebody else's digital twin. And it could do that, you know, a billion times and find somebody that you would have never found. Yes, that's a great example. So these days you can in principle date, you know, all sorts of different people, but you don't have time to date them in real life. And then usually waste a lot of your time just on dates maybe that don't really pan out. And uh, what machine learning increasingly is going to let you do is there's a model of you, really a digital version of you, that uh, can go on simulated dates with this, the, the models of, of other people and do this, you know, an arbitrary number of times. And then what the system does, it says, look, here are the top 10 people that I dated as, as, as your, you know, avatar, as they called. And, you know, and do you want to date these in real life now? And then you can do that and then you give it some feedback. And next time, next time, maybe it finds you even better people. So anytime you have to make choices, whether it's just, you know, on the web or listening to something on the radio, machine learning already helps you. But this can go as far as helping you choose a major, choose a job, choose a company to work for, and even choose a mate for life. And I mean, this is not a theoretical possibility. There are already children today who wouldn't have been born if not for the AI that matched up their, that matched up their parents online. It wasn't with a simulation yet. It was by looking at questionnaires and data and whatnot. But this is where things are headed. Right. And so I, I just want to set up some of the good things that could happen. Um, tell me the good things that will happen with eye tracking. You know, the the Apple has their three thousand um, uh, um, dollar virtual reality um, glasses coming out. Um, and augmented reality, and it has a camera pointed directly at your eyes, too, and it's tracking. And what will that information do on the positive side? It will do a lot of things because your eyes, you think of them as input. It's how you see things, but they're also output. If you're looking at my eyes while I'm talking, you can tell all sorts of things about me. And in particular, what I'm interested in, where I'm going, and, and in particular in VR, as I move my eyes, the scene needs to change as I move them. And, and you need AI, you need computer vision to do that. So if you think about the way people interact with computers, you know, it's, in the beginning it was by typing and now there's a mouse and so on. But really, ultimately, you'd like to interact them as just to interact with the real world. And, 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 and eye tracking will let you do that. So let me take it again back to dating. But if I'm tracking your eye, I know when you look at a picture what you look at first and then what you look at second and third. Um, And if I get enough pictures in front of you, I pretty much know the woman that you're attracted to. I I know what you like and what you don't like. Correct. 
Uh, yes, indeed, and even even a finer detail, right? You you can tell exactly what my path was from somebody's nose to their left eye to their right eye to whatever. So think about knowing what somebody's interested in that level of detail, and this is what we're heading towards. And what would that tell you from if you're going from one eye to the other to the nose? What how why is that important? Well, I'm just giving that as an example. You know, people have actually done this, and, and you know, you, your eyes are typically what you look at most when you're looking at someone, uh, you know, or or your or the mouth when they're speaking, and, and and so on and so forth. And you can look at, for example, how how people look at different pictures and what parts they focus on versus what parts they focus on. So, for example, you could tell what parts of somebody's body somebody's looking at, Correct. right, for better or worse. So, tell me, um, tell me. Uh, there is so much information on each of us and it used to be, well, this is metadata. So we, we don't, it, we, we don't know who anybody is, but AI can now break down that metadata and assign it to individuals, right? One of the things that AI is doing is it's, it's, it's finding ways to make sense of all of the data that is out at all times. Correct. Yes, in the early days of the internet, there was this joke that on the internet, no one knows you're a dog because it was so anonymous. And it's ironic because it's precisely the opposite. This is on the internet, in some ways, the, the companies that you're interacting, you know you better than anybody else because they can see everything that you've clicked on and everything that you've done. Now, in some ways, that's a good thing because they're using that to figure out what you prefer, right? What products you want to buy, what, you know, uh, things you want to listen to, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so this personalization is very important because in a world of infinite choice, without personalization, you know, you're basically helpless. On the other hand, of course, it, op- it also makes it possible to potentially manipulate you, repress you, who knows what. Okay, so uh, let me uh, take a one-minute break and then come back, and I want to further, further our discussion on, on, on this. Our founders talked about our government, and they said – you got to handcuff the government. You got to handcuff and you have to have everybody jealously guarding their own turf in the House and the Senate and the, and the White House and the Supreme Court. Everybody will be motivated for their own power. And if we kind of pit each other against one another, with, we will have checks and balances. Um, and they did that because they said, you know, human nature is, the, you know, the better angels, where are they? The better angels among us. Um, and where are they in governments, you know, over time? And so they wanted to handcuff. I want to take you to that same theory here on AI. Everything that really excites me um, about the possibilities of the future, it is tremendous. But then I look at human nature and those that have power and uh, think they know better, those are generally the people who are at the cornerstones of, of this AI revolution. And so tell me the concerns here that are real and what we can do to actually combat them. And I think the first thing is waking up and knowing this is on your doorstep, America, right now. Back in just a second, want to talk about Rough Greens. Uh, Maggie, or sorry, Margie wrote in. She said, uh, we started our dog Rosie on rough greens about three weeks ago. And the difference is truly amazing. Uh, her problem was weight and a sore knee. And she started the product. She has lost about eight pounds. 
That puts her halfway to her goal of losing 15 pounds. She looks great. She absolutely loves the new diet that I have her on. Thank you so much, Rough Greens, for everything. I'll tell you, if your dog uh, needs to eat or needs to eat properly, you know, exercise. Exercise is the best way to lose weight and is keep your health. Rough Greens really, I mean, keeps your dog active, at least Uno and apparently Margie's dog, too. It's not a dog food. It's a supplement. It was created by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black, and you sprinkle it on the food, and it tastes amazing to dogs. They get all the vitamins, minerals, and other healthy things, probiotics that contribute to a very healthy life form. So I want you just to try Rough Greens. You get a first bag free. See if your dog will eat it. If your dog loves it as much as Uno does, you uh, order the, the full bag, and you just watch over a couple of months how much different your dog behaves. If they're anything like Uno, they're going to start to become more active. You're going to see healthy changes in your dog. It's like they're puppies again. At least it was with Uno. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Get your first bag free. All you pay for is shipping. Roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN33. 833-GLENN33. 10 seconds. Station ID. Okay, so we are, uh, we're talking to Pedro Domingos. He is a uh, professor, a computer science professor at University of Washington. He is also the author of The Master Algorithm, um, which is, is that kind of like the grand unifying theory, uh, but just of algorithms? That's exactly the idea, is that there's different uh, algorithms to do machine learning uh, that solve different problems, but... To get to human-level AI, we need to solve all of them at the same time. And the goal is to have a single algorithm that combines them all. In the same way that, for example, in physics, there's a theory of all the forces, and, and in right. biology, there's a theory of how cells work, and so on. Do you believe in the singularity, meaning, A, the merging of man and machine, that that's inevitable, and B, the singularity of consciousness of uh, computers? I believe in the singularity in the sense that uh, the humans and machines will merge. In fact, we're already merging. The way things get done is an ever more intricate mis- mis- mix of humans and, and, and computers. But I don't think the singularity will happen in the sense that Ray Kurzweil has described where intelligence in the universe just goes to infinity. That's what a singularity is, is something going to infinity. I think, you know, there are physical limits on what intelligence can be and, and how it works. And also, you know, there's this notion that in the singularity, people just don't understand the AI at all anymore. And, right. indeed, you know, these days we have technology that in many ways we don't understand. But I don't think it will ever be the case that we completely don't understand it and completely bypasses it. And most important, the idea in the singularity is that, like, now humans have lost control, right? It's the AIs that run the world and bye-bye oh. humans. And I think we can stay and probably should stay uh, in control forever. Yeah, yeah. And AI can be very powerful but still be under our control. It's actually something that people often don't understand. Is just because we make the AI very smart doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to take over. Unless we let it. Unless we let it. Uh, Exactly. Unless we let it, or worse, unless we let people, you know, like the bad guys are trying to control AI. Correct. We've got to control AI ourselves. I mean, that's that's one of the things. I've, I've said this for years and years and years. Don't fear AI. 
fear the people who are writing the programs for AI. Watch those people because those who control it can use it for their own devices. But AI is neither bad nor good. It's whose hands is it in control of? Exactly. I mean, an AI is like a car, right? You know, the bank robbers can use a car. That's not a reason to not have cars or to, you know, forbid highways. It's a reason for the police to have faster cars than the bank robbers do. And it's the same thing with AI. It can use for good or bad. And at the end of the day, you know, what matters is to use it. So everybody needs to learn how to use AI so that they use it in their interest. So that it's not the government using AI or companies using AI to, uh, you know, make decisions for them or even worse, dictate what they do. All right. So when we come back, because I think I, I agree with you so far um, on AI is neither good nor bad. It's just who's in control. Uh, and so we know who is working on this. Uh, that's China and some other really bad guys and us as well. Uh, where the do we Glenn go Beck from program. here and how do we guard coming up? Let me tell you about Good Ranchers. Some people say I love you with flowers and chocolate. Uh, honey, you know how you say I love you to me. Yeah, a big steak. That's right. You don't need to sky ride or anything. Just a big old steak. Um, it is Valentine's Day. And I don't know about you, but I don't want a box of candy. And I know if you're a guy, you're the one who was always buying the box of candy and the, and the flowers and, and everything else. God bless you if you're married to a, a woman who understands a good steak. Say I love you with 100% American hand-trimmed steakhouse quality meat from Good Ranchers. 85% of the grass-fed beef in this country is imported for, from overseas. 85%. You'll see it. It'll have the little product of USA sticker on it. That's not true. It's just not true. Um, when you order a box from Good Ranchers, make sure you use the code BECK. You'll get $30 off. You're going to lock your price in of your meat for the year. Just don't accept any substitutes. This is a new way and a great way to buy meat and support American ranchers. It is GoodRanchers.com. That's GoodRanchers.com promo code Beck. All right, more in just a second. And don't forget, subscribe to BlazeTV.com for much more. We have a computer science professor, Pedro Domingos. He is also the author of the book, uh, Master Algorithm, came out a few years ago, really, really good on, on the search for the master algorithm. He is also, he holds two of the highest honors in data science and AI, uh, a pioneer of the massive scale machine learning, social network modeling, uh, adversarial learning, deep learning. He has written for all kinds of magazines. He is a mover and shaker in the uh, deep learning and machine learning and AI world. And we're really appreciative of him coming on and talking to us about this. Um, let me, let me verify one thing that I, I think you meant, um, but I'm not sure. And I want clarification. Um, Ray Kurzweil to me is one of the most fascinating and terrifying people I've, <laughs> I've ever met um, because he is, He's flippant about things. Um, uh, are you laughing? Or are you? What are we? 
I, I agree with your description okay. of him. But yeah, okay. <laughs> so he's so flippant. He is so just casual about things. He told me once in 2005, he said, Glenn, you just have to live till 2030 and there'll be no death. And I said, what are you talking about? There'll be no death. Uh, are we going to be able to, is it nanobot tech? He said, no, we'll just download your algorithm to a computer and you'll live on forever, you know, virtually. And I'm like, that's not life, Ray. So when you say um, you don't believe in the singularity like Ray Kurzweil, I think I agree with you, but I think that w- I believe that we will come to a place to where the average person cannot really distinguish. There will be great debate on whether that thing is alive or not, because it's very convincing. But we don't agree on what life is today. So are are you are we on the same kind of page? Well, first of all, I agree with you that Ray says these things very matter of factly, as yeah. if they're obvious. Uh, and you know, some of them may be, yeah, but some of them aren't, right? So I think in many ways he's kind of on the wrong track. But on that one in particular, I do think that there's going to be an increasingly close, um, you know, intertwining of people and machines. But on the other hand, I don't buy his thing that. Oh, you're just going to download your mind and and that's the end of it. Right. I mean, we'll see where this all ends up, but I, I, but I I wouldn't take it. But what I'm, what I'm specifically asking is uh, because there are so many ethical questions that I don't think society is, is asking. And we are on the threshold of all of this stuff. For instance, what is life? I don't believe that AI will it will ever achieve life. However, there's a lot of people that talk to ChatGPT right now, and they're like, "Look at this! It'll say it's alive." Well, it's not. Um, and but we have ethical questions. Uh, if people believe that that is life, well, I mean, why can't I just download and not treat grandma for cancer because it's really expensive? And everything becomes cheap and distorted and uh, and, and 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 dystopian. Well, ChatGPT is not alive, right? But a priori, there's no reason why you couldn't have life in silicon instead of in in, in vivo, as as the biologists say. Now, we're very AI. It's important to realize that AI is very the level of sophistication of AI today is very very far from the level of sophistication of your brain or even a mouse brain. So people got to realize that, you know, it's very easy when you talk to something like ChatGPT to go like, oh my God, you know, this thing is, there's a living being here, right? It's, it very well creates that illusion, but in a way it's an illusion that we are creating for ourselves. Uh, You know, having said that, I think a lot, as you alluded to, a lot of what's going to happen is we're just going to start treating these machines as if they're alive. In fact, Correct. there's already people arguing seriously that robots should have rights. You know, mm-hmm. they're the next oppressed group that we're going to need to take care of. I'm not kidding. No, I, I believe you. I mean, I could make the case, not seri- you know, not, not believing it, but I could make the case. I said just the other day, look, if ChatGPT self-learns, let's not screw with it. Let's let's not, you know, people are hacking in and saying, you know, I don't know if you saw that. What is it? Dan 5.0, where they're they're uh, uh, trying to confuse it and get it to break its own rules. It's going to learn. And whether it's alive or not, doesn't matter if it learns that humans are not to be trusted. 
let's let's you know let's let's be let's let's not teach it that um and and you know y- y- if you get into a situation to where the chat gpt is way ahead of where it is now and it's saying i'm lonely i i i just i want to talk I'm, I, how come you're in you're forcing me to only do these things am i your slave you're going to have a lot of people start to push for well we've got to free this i mean and it's it's so ridiculous but i think it's coming if people aren't educated and they don't know true eternal values what is life what is death what is right what is wrong well you know like the 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 irony in all this is that uh, you know a machine is just a machine at the end of the day and you know they don't have emotions they don't have free will they don't have all of that but they can act like they do and fool people and then people will treat them as if they have all those things. Correct. And most of the AI in the world does not look human and will not hu- human at all. It's just doing, you know, a million jobs in a million places. But for the AIs that interact with humans, which in some ways are the ones we need to be most concerned with, it really pays off to, maybe, to make the AI look and feel human and, and pretend to have emotions and whatnot, because that's how you get people engaged. And so there's going to be a race full tilt of these tech companies to make the most seductive, endearing mm. AI. Uh, and, and, you know, you've got to guard yourself against that. You've got to be able to see through that curtain. Right? It's like the Wizard of Oz, right? You've got to see the person that's there instead of the, the, the wizard that there seems to be there. So it's, it's a, a little terrifying only because you're not in control of the algorithm. You, you know, you're giving it all of your information. And what the company decides to do with that information and what a government decides to do, like in China, what they decide to do with that information is out of your hands, where we have always said, no, I am an individual. What is in my head and who I am belongs to me. And we've just given away all of this stuff that is the essence of you, of how you think, how you move, how you make decisions. We've given that away. Uh, to a company trusting that they would never use it for anything but good, don't be evil, and yet they're already um, using these algorithms to target elections and and sway you to watch this program on Netflix over this program, and a lot of those decisions are just good for the company and not necessarily in your interest. Is there any way to put the information box back into the hands of the individual user? Of course, and that is exactly what should happen. The AIs that work with you should be under your control, right? You can have an AI that works for you that negotiates with an AI that works for company X or Y. When the AI that works for you is made by, you know, Google or Facebook or whatever, you know, a priori, it's not all bad because they actually have an interest in, it's not a zero-sum game, right? It's important right. for people to realize that. When, AI, when Amazon the AI recommends products for you to buy, they actually want to recommend products that you will buy. It doesn't serve their interest to recommend stupid things. At the same time, at some level, at some point, there is a conflict of interest. And at that point, you need the AI to be working for you and not them. Correct. Right? And this is what the big failing in the world is today, is that you are really not in control of your AIs and you should be. And that's what needs to change. Can that change? I mean, that would take oh God, Congress and the government to change. 
No, I mean, not, it can change in, in many different ways, but, but one of them is, so governments can try to, you know, get involved in this, but there's also, there's maybe even bigger pitfalls there. But, but most important, what has to happen is, I, you know, I, when I use, you know, different, it, well, let me make an analogy, right? People didn't used to like to put their money in the bank because they thought the bankers might run away with it and they kept it under their mattress, which is not a good idea, right? You know, if your money is invested, you'll have more money and so on. And this, and this, is, this is the same thing, but with data, right? I, you know, I shouldn't refuse to put my money in the bank, but at the same time, right, what I want to do is want to make sure that I trust the organization, the company, or, or other organization that is actually curating my data and running my model for me, right? And is that and like? And Google wants to do that, right? You know, as Sergey Brin, one of the founders, said, like Google wants to be the third half of your brain, right? Oof. And in a way, it's good to have more brain. But would you really trust a company that makes its life by selling you ads to be the third half of your brain? No, no right? So what you want is a company or an organization that whose fiduciary duty, whose entire business model is to do with your data and your model what you would do yourself. But, you know, aren't we looking for, Pedro, aren't we looking for a George Washington? You know, he was called the greatest because if if he'd actually resign and not just appoint him king, if he only serves two terms, he'll be the greatest man to ever live because nobody gives that power up. Aren't we kind of looking for that kind of company that all of this power is at their fingertips, but they'll say, nope, I will close that door? Well, uh, not really, because I mean, I understand the analogy, but at the end of the day, why do banks not run away with your money? Right. Because in the long run, it's worse for them. So competition is very important. There's new startups coming up, you know, all the time. And in particular, AI ones. And when there's a startup, that does AI for me better than the Googles and the Facebooks, either the Googles and the Facebooks will change because they'll be forced to, or I will switch to using that company. But for that to happen, I need to know what it is that I want and, and, you know, and connect with the companies that will do it for me. So the market, right, this is the power of the market is that, you know, there's, there's a million solutions. And the, at the end of the day, the consumer wins. Because the, the company that serves you better will win out over the one that doesn't serve you better. Well, I, I love your, your optimism. Um, you wrote a, um, a great article, and I urge the audience to read it. It's at spectator.com. We must stop militant liberals from politicizing artificial intelligence. The, it, what's happening, everybody knows. I mean, everybody knows whether you realize it's being encoded right now or not. I don't know. Um, but you need to realize that. The biggest thing that you think that conservatives or, you know, people who are just not, you know, uh, on the on the right or on the left, what is it that they need to know? What's the thing that keeps you up at night? And you're like, if people would just wake up and learn this. Well, as I touched on in that article, the biggest thing that conservatives need to wake up to is that the left wing is already going all out to embed their values into the AI. There's teams at these tech companies uh, under, you know, under the name usually of AI ethics or responsible AI, whose mission is to embed the liberal, I'm not kidding, whose mission is to embed the liberal agenda into their products, into the things that they do. And then what, you know, you know when, when, when they choose uh, what ads to show you, when they choose, uh, you know, what people to advertise to uh, and, and what things to advertise, there's all these decisions that are being made 
they used to be made by humans, right? And they were very ideologically charged. And now what they're doing is they're, ins they're inserting them into the product. This is not a hypothetical. This is something that is happening today. And so what's going to happen to you as a conservative is that you're going to live in a, in a liberal world or, or, or an ultra-liberal world uh, without even realizing it. Because all these decisions that are being made for you on behalf, uh, that are being made on behalf of you by machines, they're being made according to, they put the algorithms in there to enforce things like equity. My algorithm says that there will be the same number of men and women in this and the same number of you know, different races and so on, for example, because I inserted into it. And, and conservatives need to wake up to this and to fight their side of the battle, which is, you know, one of two things. Certain things should be neutral, right? AI should be trying to present an accurate view of the world and not distort it and, and make stuff up, basically, mm -hmm. to make it, you know. It's very Orwellian, right? One of the things that a, that a, a dictator, you know, a totalitarian regime needs to do is, is, you know, persuade people of its worldview. AI is a great tool for doing that. Yeah. Conservatives need to wake up to that. This is being done to you right now. And so on the one hand, they want to fight for neutrality of the technology. And on the other hand, they want to have, you know, AI systems Correct. that just follow their ideology, uh, just like the liberals do. There's no reason why it should all be in the hands of the liberals. Uh, Pedro Domingos, he is uh, a professor uh, emeritus at University of Washington, author of the book, The Master Algorithm. I know you've paid a heavy price for speaking up for uh, just a fair and clean algorithm, and I appreciate it. Your courage uh, uh, is inspiring. Thank you so much. Thank you. You bet. America's Darkest Hour called on 9-11, and we had some of the finest examples of patriotism and American courage and friendship we had ever seen. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since then. Members of the military and first responders that put their lives on the line for ours and our freedom every single day. And when one of them doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage of the family's home. It's a way of saying thank you to the families um, and making sure that they are taken care of and they have safety and um, and they can keep their family together in the home that they they grew up in. Tunnel to Towers has a veteran homeless program as well, providing housing and service to homeless veterans all across America. But it all depends on you. Help America's heroes and their families. Will you donate $11 a month to TunnelToTowers.com? That's TunnelToTowers.com. Sorry, it's T2T.com. Jeez, oh, .org. Could I get this right? Edit all this part out. We're live? T2T.org. That's T, the number 2T.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program. The AI revolution is here, and China is the model, and that was the theme of the last night's broadcast, and we had a lot of facts and a lot of videos, especially from China, very disturbing stuff of what they're doing in their classrooms, um, reading brainwaves. They could actually read images that people are thinking about now. It's crazy. You can get all of the information, all of those videos, all of the stories, all of the show prep for last night's show, all the footnotes, you can get it now just by signing up for our free email newsletter at glenbeck.com. 
You'll also every day get my stack of show prep, about 60 stories every day that you need to know about. Glenbeck.com. All of it is absolutely free. Go there now. Glenbeck program. a disturbing tweet from uh, Mike Lee, Senator Mike Lee uh, last night, and we've been texting each other back and forth about the Nord Stream pipeline. Did you know anything about this? No. Did anybody in the Senate know about this? No. Nobody has been briefed on this, and he said the problem is I'm not sure if it's true or not. And that's a different position for a lot of Americans. We find ourselves in a situation where we don't know what's true. And if the media does a dogpile on this and says, oh, you know, it's not, it's just Russian disinformation. Do we believe the media? Who do we believe? There is, there is, there's a lot of stuff happening today where people are just grinding up the credibility of institutions, of our founding documents, of our, our whole society. The Democrats want to pass a white supremacy bill. I want to give you the details of this. This thing is unbelievable. I'll give the details coming up in just a second. First, let me tell you about real estate agents I trust. The State of the Union is clearly a mess, as anyone watching the president's address, which was about 12 people, should be able to tell. Um, The... uh, State of the housing market uh, is surprisingly better than it than it uh, had been here for a while. If you've been thinking about buying or selling or both, now might be the time. If you have to sell, obviously now is the time. But I recommend having some help, and I'm talking about good help. I started a company a few years back, and it's a free service to you. I had dealt with all of the hassles that you deal with on trying to move, but I've done it so many times because I'm a radio gypsy uh, that I think I I think I moved like 12 times in 15 years and I I never I don't know what I'm doing with real estate agents and what how do I know you're any good well we, we blow up balloons and we put them on the, you know the stop sign there it's this open house oh okay I want somebody who's really capable the housing market getting back on its feet right now. Buy or sell if it's right for you and your family, but get the expert help at realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a free service to you. realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. All right. Uh, so let's let's start here, shall we? Um, college kids now are learning to snitch on each other through secret tip lines. This is Germany, West, I'm sorry, East Germany under the Soviets, 
they had the Stasi and they would they they got people to snitch on each other. That is the one thing that people always have said about America. They'll come over and they'll say Americans are so nice and they're so trusting. Well, it's not that we were that trusting. It's that Europe wasn't trusting. Nobody trusted each other because for centuries they've turned each other in for one reason or another. So keep it to yourself. Keep it in the family. What are you saying? Don't say we're open because we've never had that kind of thing. So when George Bush first promoted, you know, hey, you see something, say something, call the White House snitch line. If you see something uh, that your neighbor is doing. No, I mean, if I see my neighbor and uh, he's, you know, obviously something is wrong, I'll call the local police. Hey, can you just check this out? Um, But I'm not watching my neighbor and snitching on my neighbor. And that's what's happening right now. You know, people are being in college. You know, this dorm room number in this dorm room uh, had a sign that said all solicitors must be able to define the word woman. And then the campus, you know, PC police come. 79 complaints at the University of Connecticut. There's a bathroom that is uh, is being identified based on gender. Oh, my gosh. No. Uh, There was some verbal remarks directed at a certain race and gender identity at this comedian that was on campus. (gasps) Really? In Illinois. A student was reported for saying that there were only two genders and reportedly not wanting to live with a roommate who just makes stuff up in his head. That's not that's no longer acceptable. Meanwhile, to further curb speech, Sheila Jackson Lee has introduced the Leading Against White Supremacy Act of 2023. It is one of the most unconstitutional and radical pieces of legislation proposed in I don't know how many years. The Leading Against White Supremacy Act. It aims to prevent and prosecute white supremacy inspired hate crime and conspiracy to commit white supremacy inspired hate crime, blah, 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 blah. So if you engage in what is defined as white supremacy hate and you inspire a hate crime, Well, if it was used in the planning, development, preparation or um, perpetration of any of the crime, you're responsible and you go to prison. But they don't define exactly what white supremacy is and white supremacy crimes are. Okay, now seems like a problem, you know, maybe. Especially when you say there is no definition in the law of white supremacy ideology. And then, you know, the conspiracy provision. It's, it makes it illegal to publish material that inspires a crime. So if I publish something and somebody read it, some lunatic, and they were like, oh, my gosh, I got to take this into my own hands. I'm going to go shoot down that Chinese weather balloon myself. This government would probably say that was a crime. And if they were white and they're like, yeah, and I white power. I could be prosecuted. You could be prosecuted. 
It doesn't matter if they're mentally ill or not. This is kind of a a problem. Kind of a problem for millions of Americans. Now, this has all happened before. All of this has happened before. There is nothing new under the sun. The question is, are we going to learn from history and recognize the, the problems and recognize, did what did historically, what did people do? Did it work or did it not work? Did they do something or not do something? You can't just expect utopia to happen because utopia, you know, utopia is is uh, I mean, in a better world, it'd be a coloring book and it would be at best fiction. The word utopia actually comes from the 16th uh, century, and it was kind of a joke. Utopia, it came, you know, was um, written by Thomas More, and he took the uh, Greek prefix for not or no and the suffix for place, no place. That's what that's what utopia means. No place or nowhere. Get it? So I think the uh, book by Thomas More is a prediction of communism. It takes place on a fictional island called Utopia. It's an island of slavery where poverty is cured by harmony. Crime is solved by equity. Private property, money, been abolished. Social classes have been unmasked for what they really are, a conspiracy of the rich. And Utopia, the island nowhere, achieved a complete equality of goods. Now, equality of goods, what they did was they just destroyed the meaning of all goods. Because everybody shares in Utopia. And to devalue currency... Precious objects are treated like trash. People give diamonds to children instead of marbles. They have uh, chamber pots or toilets made of gold. And uh, even the chains on the slaves are made of gold. And traditional institutions mean nothing. Youth in Asia is common on the island of Utopia because nobody really cares about the value of anything, including human life. Utopians always claim to be humanist. I just want to do what's best for all humans. And they offer that utopian view. And again, it, it is the basis of Marxism and communism. And really, it's just all a lie, but it's a diversion. It's a delay tactic. Because people don't realize this is a lie until usually it's too late because it's a slow boil. Think of how you are accepting things now that you wouldn't have accepted 15 years ago, 10 years ago, 10 years ago. If I said men could have uh, babies, too, every liberal would have said not possible. What are you talking about? Well, that's what you're going to tell me in about 10 years. No, I'm not. That's ridiculous. That's not. You are now parroting and saying things that you know are nonsense. And I'm speaking to America in general. And people are saying right now, give me the power so I can make you powerful. Yeah. And the choice is always, it's going to be Armageddon. 
It's going to be he's worse than Hitler. And you know, that's that's the he's worse than Trump and Trump was worse than Hitler. Oh, wow. And what was Mitt Romney again? I mean, it's always a choice between utopia. We can't really define it, but we'll know it when we get there. And we can't tell you how we're going to pay for it, but it's all going to be sugar plum fairies and lollipops. It's wonderful. Or go ahead. You can roast in the fires of hell with Satan and Armageddon. Go ahead. And they convince us that the power of a nation should not belong to you. Everything belongs to you. Everything in your life, all of your thoughts, your actions, they belong to you. The things you have earned through merit belong to you. And if you've quote, earn something without merit, if you've just inherited it, you don't really own it. You really, something becomes yours when you've earned it, but all that goes out a window. The power of a nation doesn't belong to people. It's stuff. It should all belong to the state. So people, one by one, historically speaking, hand all of their power over to the state. And then the state decides what its people should be, what they can say, what they can watch, what they can listen to. They define hate. You and I both know hate. We know hate when we see hate. We know love when we see love. I can tell you the difference between love and sex. There's a big difference. Love always wins. Sex doesn't always win. Utopians take the state and turn it into the brain of society, and it controls everything. Now, think of this. This is from the 1600s. Think of this. The state becomes the brain of society. With AI and all of the technology we have today, they are literally trying to be the brain of society and control everything and hold all of the power. It will do the thinking and deciding for everyone. In America, the first utopian was Woodrow Wilson, really. The one with real power, he used centralization and bureaucracy to make a collectivism that Americans had never seen before. And then he spread it in all the universities. He convinced Congress to give, hand them their power so he could use war and surveillance to make a world safe for democracy. FDR took the step even further. He said it would get rid of war altogether with a little help from Joseph Stalin. We've seen all of these things before, and America turned just in time. Will we this time? Because there's, there's one more example that we should learn from, and it is from China. But remember, China is the new model, according to all the global leaders, all of the big capitalist leaders, and all the leaders of the the world, including Joe Biden. China is the new model. Well, let me tell you how they got there in a minute. Sponsored by Preborn. You know, every once in a while, I get to give you good news. And here's some good news. 
Do you know how many babies you have saved? How many babies have been born just because of this audience? It's over, I think, 55 or 60,000 babies in the last 12 months were saved because of you. Because somebody, if it wasn't you, somebody, you know, maybe in the car next to you or the cubicle next to you. Somebody was listening to this program. They're like, I'm going to donate 28 bucks. That bought an ultrasound for a woman who had come into a clinic, 55,000 of them, assuming there's no twins. Uh, and uh, they walk in and they say, I think I'm going to have an abortion. They saw the ultrasound that cost 28 bucks. They didn't have to pay for it. And that made mom go, I'm going to, that's a baby. I'm going to keep my baby. That's what you have done. And you can do it for 28 bucks. You, you, I think it's 140 bucks. And what do you get? Six. I mean, you, you really can save a bunch of babies' lives. Do it once a month, $28. Be a hero. Dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby, or go to preborn.com slash Glenn and find out all the information. Preborn.com slash Glenn. Go there now. 10 seconds, station ID. All right, I want to talk to you about the great cultural revolution here. Like every good utopian, Mao started with ideas. I got ideas. Slogans, basically, that sound good, but don't really mean anything. See if any of these sound familiar to you. Before long, the slogans are truth. This is how he made every aspect of life political. That way, anyone who disagreed with him was conspiring against China, the great utopia. They weren't his opponents. They were the enemies of the people. This is why utopians always combine academia with the military. The academics dream up the new utopias and the military forces people into those utopias. And Mao was really clever about this. He convinced people how they had a role in how things work. Your lives are political for a reason. This is how he got students to snitch on one another. Then get kids to betray their own parents, all in the names of the state. This is how you create a whole society of vigilantes. For Woodrow Wilson, he had the four minute men. That, that was his goons. For Mao, the Red Guards, young activists who served as his unofficial enforcers. In colleges, I just told you who the snitchers were, and they think they're doing good, just like these others did. The tech world, isn't that really the enforcer of the government now? One of the first utopians, one of the first utopians of the modern age really was Mao. He was the most prolific at death. They take power to destroy history. That's the first thing. They say the world as we know it, China as we know it, has to be replanned, reset, because everything you know is old, dusty, and no longer any good. At the start of the Cultural Revolution, the Red Guard led a campaign to eradicate the four olds. I want you to listen. Pesky four olds. The four olds. That they had to get rid of the old customs. 
Christmas means nothing. Thanksgiving is a celebration of slavery. Fourth of July is a celebration. Get rid of the old customs, the, the old culture. You needed new habits and new ideas. The old history had to be swept away. The old guard had to be swept away. They started, believe it or not, by tearing down statues and changing the names of streets. Then they attacked anyone who tried to stop them. They destroyed people's homes. They publicly humiliated their opponents. And no one could stop them because people had already given Mao all their power. Before the long, the Red Guard was destroying cemeteries and factories and libraries and museums and temples. Wow, they were burning down their own cities. What happens is the same story over and over again. They want to reform the big institutions of society, but in the end, they only destroy the small institutions, family, church, private property. And they always start with the idea that you have a duty to the state and the group is more important than the individual. And if that individual is speaking out, they have to be shut down. That was only the first installment of Mao's genocidal reign. More tomorrow. Coming up next, Mr. Bill O'Reilly. Talk a little bit about the goings on of the week. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com next. The Glenn Beck Program. You know, the, the good old days when the biggest problem you had on retirement was, I think Social Security is going to go bankrupt. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to go bankrupt. Nobody's going to admit it. And we're just going to dance around and kick the can down the road till there's no can left or no feet, actually. Now there's 50 different ways where you could get to retirement age and have nothing to show for it. One of the big threats is the economic destruction of our money. I mean, our our money is, you know, inflation doesn't mean that prices are just going up. It means the dollar is going down. Okay, we need to build a hedge against insanity. And many times that is gold or silver. Please, Goldline is there to provide an education first on how to use precious metals, gold and silver, to protect your retirement. They're offering free metals delivered directly to your front door with every qualified self-directed IRA transaction this month. It's a huge special. Call Goldline right now. Take advantage of the IRA special, 866-GOLDLINE. Call them. They're waiting for you now. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Hey, make sure you subscribe to The Blaze. The Blaze, I've got an incredible guest on today's podcast. We'll tell you about it in a minute. Hey, if you haven't already gone to glennbeck.com, get access to the research from last night's Wednesday night special all about artificial intelligence. It includes the videos that come from China. I mean, it is, it's some spectacularly spooky stuff it really is you can find it now at glenbeck.com and get ahead of this be able to teach this to your friends on what is on our doorstep 
you can also, when you sign up for the newsletter, you'll not only get that as a bonus today, but you will also get my show prep every day. You'll get about 60 to 80 stories sometimes that I think are important, but really only about 15 of them will make it on the air. Um, but they're all worth reading. Uh, and you can find that and get that free at glenbeck.com. Last night, I got a text from uh, Mike Lee. It said, uh, check my Twitter feed. So I did. If false, slander. If true, war. And it was the story about how we may have blown up the, the Nord Stream pipeline. I wrote to him right before I came on the air uh, today, and I said, you know, so what do I tell the people? And, and he said, I would tell your audience, we don't know whether or not this is true. Um, lone author writing on Substack, relying on a single store source isn't good, but it's we, we have no confidence either way. Is it true? I don't know. But if it's true, it's a real problem, a huge, quoting, huge problem of epic proportions. Plus, who, who else might have done this? Who else had the capacity? Mike will be joining me tomorrow to uh, flesh that out. But I wanted to get Bill O'Reilly on to see if he has an initial take, because I think this is all about the loss of the press and credibility. We don't know who to believe and what to believe. Bill, welcome. Beck, I'm sending you some free stuff before we get into this on uh, Team Normal. Are you on Team Normal? I don't. I don't know what Team Normal is. If if, okay, so, if you're the head of Team Normal, I think you might want to. Re- I'm sending it to you anyway. <laughs> so it's Team Normal versus Team Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you listen to uh, Governor Huckabee Sanders' speech, yeah. So I'm on Team Normal. I know that's been disputed. Yes, yes. Uh, but on BillOReilly.com, we got the hats and the shirts. We got our bumper stickers. Okay. And if you want to be on Team Normal, all right. And I think you do, Beck. I, I would like a Team. Do you sell the Team Crazy? Uh, we no. We don't want oh, to promote shoot. the Team Crazy. Well, I, I you know I thought we I could just wear it once in a while. As a dad around the house. You know what I mean? All right. Now, Seymour Hersh, who wrote this story on Substack about the pipeline is a loon. Okay. Lost his mind about, I don't know, 30 years ago, in my opinion, my humble opinion. It's a uh, subjective analysis of Mr. Hersh. He did good work in Vietnam. Yep. Um, But after that, it was just crazy time. Yeah. Uh, He he has come up with a lot of things. and n- not usually verifiable. No, never borne out. Yeah. So he loves, he loves this. Uh, the, knowing the Biden administration the way I do, I think it's almost impossible that Joe Biden would uh, order uh, a, a, an attack on the Nord Stream pipeline. He just doesn't have that kind of grit and that could start a world war with yeah. nukes. So I would say to Senator Lee, with the respect, I don't believe the story as it stands. Well, now. he said he in all fairness, that's what he said. Yeah, I don't believe it, but I can't dismiss it either. Well, I can't dismiss Martians from Venus. I mean, you know, well, they you would can be go what are they? Tourists on Venus? Why would Martians be on Venus? You can go this conspiracy route all day long, (laughs) but I'm a fact-based guy. Correct. 
And the only people really watching this, you're never going to get any reporting out of Russia that's worth anything. Yes. You can't believe anything they Correct. say. But the Swedes, Olaf and the Swedes, yeah, right. and, and uh, that group over there, what, what are yeah. they? Yeah, they're watching it. Right. So at this point, I think this isn't really, you know, something that America should be concerned about. Um, do you want to get into the State of the Union? Because uh, I have one thing that everybody missed, Beck. Uh, yeah, I do. But I want to take this this uh, conversation w- one step further. Sure. The problem with this story, Bill, is is we have been lied to so many times by our administration, by our media, that I find myself in a position to where I can't make a call on a few things like this. I'm like, I don't think we did that. But if we did do that, it'd be really horrible. But I don't think we could ever prove it because no one is a journalist anymore. Nobody yeah, but actually is. Even if you were a journalist, I am a journalist and I can scuba dive. <laughs> you want to put me in a little bell? Right. I'll oh, I'd down. love to put you in a little bell. I know you would. Yeah. You yeah. Jealous, All right. jealous guy. <laughs> um, anyway. All right. But it's impossible. You just can't get to that kind of a story. So do you do you believe we'll ever find out who blew it up? Because no. somebody did. I, you know, look, I don't know whether that is a physiological fact that somebody did. You're, you're way under the water. You've got all kinds of combustibles going through the pipeline. Certainly, it could have been uh, some kind of uh, malfunction. So I don't think I would go with sabotage 100% at this point. I think the Swedes and Elsa yeah, and, her Swedes, sister, you know, that, and her that, sister uh, were there. Yeah. Yeah. They I I believe they investigated it It was it was sabotage. Okay, so tell me what we missed on the uh, State of the Union. Okay, And and the guy in the Wall Street Journal just ripped off my analysis. Henninger is his name today. So right after the the uh, State of the Union, I did instant analysis on radio and television. That's what I do for a living. And I said, look, did you not pick up the living wage comment and you're an expert at this at the end of it he's going everybody should be in a union because everybody should have a living wage and everybody should have health care you know the usual a living wage okay is a marxist tenet yes that means the government sets everybody's salary nobody no corporation company is going to set a living wage so i brought it to cuomo last night i do a hit with him on wednesday on news nation which you should watch just because you'll be entertained back all right and i said to him hey did you catch this and of course he said no but then he started to do the the little dance about well he meant minimum wage i said no he no, didn't, he didn't. He didn't. There, we already have minimum wage laws. He meant living wage. So fast forward to this morning, open a Wall Street Journal, which is worth reading on its editorial page sign, and there's Henninger going, "Oh, uh, Biden has come out of the closet as a socialist," and that's true. But here's the real tragic part: Biden doesn't even know what a living wage means. <laughs> he doesn't even know it's part of the Karl Marx. Program. He didn't write that speech. He went over it 15 times because, and he delivered it pretty well. You got to be honest. He had good energy. He didn't look befuddled. Um, mm. 
Yeah, he had good energy. I don't know what they that delivery to what he usually does stammers around with. That was light years better. Yeah. But he didn't write any of it. And unlike Trump and Obama, they didn't write either. But they edited heavily, both of them. But I don't know whether Biden, but I doubt that he's sitting there with a Sharpie editing. I doubt it. He pretty much does what he's told to do by well, Susan Rice. The New York Times did a whole story on this and said he does edit. And he's looking for because they had several insiders of the White oh, House. Bill, insider. And they said that he edits and he marks it up where he needs to pause. And he looks for because he has a strong rule, no acronyms and words that he thinks he might stutter. He takes those out. Uh, Jill Biden does not, not him. I'm, I'm listen. Whenever you see anonymous sources, New York Times, mm-hmm. forget it. No, forget it. No, I mean, yeah, they want to make them look good, so they. Oh, an insider told me. I, I just can't even imagine him with his concentration span being 18 seconds. All right, sitting there with an hour and 12-minute speech going over it line by line. Now, what he does do is read the teleprompter, and he reads it, and he reads it, and he reads it. And they have built in, in the teleprompter, pause. Right. Stop. Right. Smile. Grimace. So, <laughs> grimace. <laughs> um, Bill, let me, uh, let me ask you. He ad-libbed a few things that apparently were not in the speech, and one of those was his angry angry response about who wants to be president z in china nobody and his he goes from like okay to screaming flaming mad in an instant that sounds like me Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) well look i'm not going to analyze his emotional capabilities I mean, you've all seen, he taught, called some reporter a dog pony soldier or something. I mean, it's just incoherent gibberish. Um, and so I don't even bother with that. What really, really disturbs me, and this is not in the forefront of the American people's mind. They're calling him a liar, and they're, oh, he's a liar, he's this, he's that. He's delusional, Beck. Oh, he, he lives in a world of delusion. He thinks he's doing a good job with the economy. He believes that he is a deficit cost cutter. He believes this stuff. OK, and it's so far from reality. But we all know older people who you go in and then there there they are. And it's the same syndrome and run for office again. This man is going downhill faster than Lindsey Vaughn. Do you think this is going to get better with him? No. no. I mean, no. I, I, uh, one, I'm just one, sitting there going, this country, if this man wins another four-year term, this country is going to be damaged beyond repair. We can repair it now. I have about 70 seconds. I have to ask you about the spat between Donald Trump and, and uh, Ron DeSantis. What, what is Trump doing? Stop with this. You know. I agree 100%. Um, I agree. It's, it's a terrible tactic he doesn't need. He doesn't. To. He doesn't. If he right. would, yeah, if he would just. But it's, 
Yeah, it's be all president. about discipline with him. Yeah, you know. know that. I know, I know, I know. It's emotion and discipline. He's going to have a tough time, you know, getting that nomination unless he changes course fairly quickly. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Make sure you watch his No Spin Zone every night on BillOReilly.com. Uh, he's also got uh, products and his latest book also available online at BillOReilly.com. Bill, thanks. Talk to you again All next right, week. Look for that gear, man. You I want to see you wearing that hat. Yeah, like you send me the books, too. Yeah, I'll look for it. <laughs> Judy uh, wrote in about her experience with Relief Factor. She says, I have pain in my fingers and the other joints. It is not fun to play the piano or type on a computer when you're in pain. Thankfully, Relief Factor has brought joy back into my playing and other activities. Been able to start making jewelry again, even. Thank you, Relief Factor. Judy, Relief Factor says, I'm sure. Thank you. Thank you for at least trying it. If you or someone you love is dealing with pain, please just try Relief Factor. It's not a drug, so it's not going to whack you up. It is uh, something that was developed by doctors. It has four key ingredients that work naturally with your body to fight inflammation, which causes most of our pain. So just try it for three weeks. Yes, you have $20 to lose. But if it works, if you're part of the 70% that go on to order more month after month, it's working for you. Man, that's a that's a that's a good 20 bucks to uh, throw their way. Get out of pain. Relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. Call 800-4-RELIEF. 800, the number 4-RELIEF. Relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Let me um, let me remind you that uh, at glennbeck.com today we have all of the research done for the AI revolution is here. That was the Wednesday night special last night. If you missed it, watch it on YouTube or you can watch it at Blaze TV. But it is uh, it is really uh, a good coming attraction and why uh, people would do this. Why would they take AI and uh, try to control everyone. It, it's it's um, it's one thing to say, you know, well, they're just evil. Yeah, okay. Is everybody evil? Is everybody? Is there anybody that has a better answer than that? Look at it. Uh, and all of the research now is uh, available to you for free at glenbeck.com. And it includes these amazing videos from China and what they're already doing to their people. And it is all lining up exactly with what um, uh, our government, our education uh, apparatus is pushing for. It is really common core um, in many ways, all the technology parts of it that Bill Gates was pushing for. It's all now in China. And when you see what they're doing, they're reading brainwaves, and watching the children's eyes and tracking their eyes and your decision on where you're going to work and what you're going to be and, you know, what you like, what you don't like. That's all decided for you by the time you get into first grade. Easily decided. And uh, it's 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 not a place I think any of us want to live. 
but you need to know about it because this is what's coming now in America. And it won't if we are all educated and we know, but drip, drab, it just keeps coming down, drip, 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 drip. And before you know it, you've got a bathtub full and then it spills over. Well, we are we are getting the drip, drip, drip now. Time to fix the pipe and decide, do we want all that water or should we fix the pipe? and uh, make sure this doesn't happen here in America. You can get all of those uh, links and all of the stories at glenbeck.com. Just sign up for my free email newsletter now at glenbeck.com. Coming up on blazetv.com, we've got a great futuristic uh, uh, podcast I'll tell you about tomorrow. The Glenn Beck Program. 